Welcome to the podcast of the preaching ministry of LifePoint Church, led by Pastor Lane Harrison. We pray this ministry is a blessing for your life. For more information about LifePoint, please visit lifepointozark.com. For more information and resources from Pastor Lane, please visit mlaneharrison.com. Please take your Bible this morning. We are continuing our look at the book of Matthew this summer. And today we're going to be in chapter 10, starting in verses 1. So we're starting right at the beginning of 10. We're going to look at the life, we're going to continue our look at the life and ministry of Jesus the Messiah. All summer we've been talking about how Jesus willingly came to us on a mission to find lost people, to save people, to give us hope in the kingdom of God. And so today we're going to look at how Jesus prepared his disciples for the same mission in God's kingdom. He invites us to participate with him on mission. So let me start by asking you, when you think of mission, what comes to mind? What are your responsibilities? What is the objective or the goal of mission in God's kingdom? And and what does it mean for you to live on mission in God's kingdom? So our text today speaks to how we prepare for mission in God's kingdom and how Jesus prepares us. Um, Now, confession, I am a go-with-the-flow kind of guy, huge procrastinator. I don't like making plans. Rarely do I make plans. And if I do, it's usually the last minute and it involves an overnighter. Um, I've often heard that when you fail to plan, John, you plan to fail. I've got that one. Um, And it is appropriate in my life. Um, I've learned that preparation is an intentional act, so I'm by no means an authority on what it means to be prepared or to prepare. Um, Thankfully, our text today, we see that Jesus is the one who prepares his disciples for mission in God's kingdom. He knows what the mission is. He knows how to accomplish the mission and the work of salvation And we see that this work of salvation, this mission, that we're tied up in it together with Christ for God's glory, for our joy, and for hope in in our lives and in the lives of those that we minister to. So as we look at our text today, I pray that we would understand how Jesus the Messiah invites us, he empowers us, And he sends his followers to live on mission, making disciples in God's kingdom. So God's plan and his preparation are perfect. In our text today, Jesus calls uh, the 12 disciples who were close to him. He prepares them. He talks about their provision and how he will provide everything they need to be sent out for mission in God's kingdom. And as we look at our text this morning and see how he does invite and empower and send his disciples, I see, I pray that we would consider three responsibilities for our lives on mission in God's kingdom. 
So let's look at our text this morning. Again, we're in Matthew chapter 10, starting in verse 1. And he called to him his 12 disciples and gave them authority over unclean spirits to cast them out, to heal every disease and every affliction. The names of the 12 apostles are these. First, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, Philip and Bartholomew, Thomas and Matthew, the tax collector, James, the son of Alphaeus and Thaddeus, Simon, the zealot, and Judas Iscariot, who betrayed him. So we see here that Jesus is calling the 12 disciples to himself. These were the men who were closest to Jesus in his ministry here on the earth. He prepares them by empowering them and giving them authority over diseases and uh, uh, unclean spirits and, and demons. And he has, excuse me, so he is preparing them and he is leading them where he himself has already been and gone. To this point in Matthew's gospel, it's been pretty much the Jesus show, he, which makes sense. He's been walking around, teaching about the kingdom of heaven. He's been caring for people. And as, as we've seen over the weeks, he's healed the sick. He's performed miracles. And now he's preparing to expand his ministry through the lives of his disciples. And whether they were aware of it or not, this whole time he has been preparing them for a work that will consume the rest of their lives. And these were, I mean, we have their names. We know these men and we know of their ministry on earth. And he is preparing them for that. It's also important to note whose power and authority these men are going uh, and, and will be working under. Jesus teaches them that their work would be accomplished and affirmed under his authority in their lives. So what he's inviting them into is himself. He invites them to himself for the work that they are about to do. So let's go back to our text. After he called his disciples to him, then Jesus sent out, uh, then these 12 Jesus sent out, instructing them, go nowhere among the Gentiles and enter no town of the Samaritans, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel and proclaim as you go, saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. This is one of the the preeminent messages in Matthew's gospel. This is the message that Jesus preached as he went through the the area ministering, that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And so we see here the first responsibility that Jesus gives his disciples as he sets them to the work of making disciples. Jesus' disciples have a responsibility to be faithful to share the gospel message. He tells them, proclaim as you go, saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. 
So this is the message that takes the whole of Jesus' life and ministry and brings it into a simple yet powerful proclamation. The kingdom of heaven is at hand, infers that God's promises to mankind has arrived in the person and work of Jesus. He is the Messiah of God's kingdom. This is one of the major themes of Matthew's gospel that he is trying to communicate to those who would read it. The kingdom of heaven is at hand means that salvation and deliverance has come to God's people. The the promise that God has made throughout all of history when he says, I will be your God, you will be my people, and I will dwell among you. All the promises of the Old Testament are fulfilled in Jesus, the Messiah. He has come to meet us where we are, and he comes ready and willing to save us, to save us from our sin. Romans 1.16 tells us that this gospel message is the power of God for salvation, first for the Jew and also to the Greek. The message and the mission of God cannot be separated. In fact, if you spend much time at LifePoint, we do like to teach that one of the distinctive characteristics of the God that we serve and we worship, the one true God, one of the distinctive characteristics of of God is that he speaks to his people. All other false gods, all other idols are silent. But the God of creation has a message for us. Living on mission in God's kingdom requires us to speak and to be faithful, to echo the message of salvation. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Jesus has come. He is the Messiah. This can make some of us nervous myself included. When the person in the pulpit starts talking about mission and what I need to do, like easy, tiger, back off a little. I start to doubt whether or not I have what it takes or whether or not I'm prepared to speak the gospel to someone, whether I have uh, enough whatever to overcome the fears that arise in us when the conversation starts to take on a deeper meaning and a deeper tone. But when we talk about mission, when I think about mission, I find myself in need, in a greater need for God's word, and he has given us the message. (laughs) We don't have to try to figure it out. I find that faithfulness to this, to, to share the message of Jesus is not in some kind of ability or power that I possess and that I can, um, conjure up in myself and in my strength, but it is a message that God has given us. It is a message that God empowers, and it is a message that God invites us to share with the world. We know that his strength is enough to accomplish the the mission. Our responsibility is merely obedience, to speak the message of hope that we have. The Messiah has come. That our life means something. 
that Jesus has saved us from our sin, all the longing, all the fears, all the condemnation we feel for our sin has been dealt with in Jesus. We must remember that our God speaks and what a great privilege it is for us to herald the message that Jesus has come I'm reminded of John 13, 16, and 7, where Jesus is teaching these same disciples as he's washing their feet. He says to them, truly, truly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. Jesus blesses us in his message, and in his command to share that message. And I pray we would be faithful to share it with the lost sheep of this world. Jesus invites us to join him on mission. He empowers us with the message of God's kingdom, and he sends us to speak this hope of salvation to the lost people. Making disciples in God's kingdom requires us to be faithful to share the message. When we proclaim the message that the kingdom of heaven is at hand, that God's word is true, that he has fulfilled his promises, that he is a sufficient savior, we find our lives and our words in agreement with what Jesus came to do. Jesus is the reason that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So I ask you this morning, How do your words point others to Jesus? When you encounter people who are struggling, confused, wanting to know the answers to all of this craziness, wanting wanting clarity in the midst of all these messages that we receive day in and day out, how do your words point them to Jesus? How are you being faithful to tell this good news to others? Because this is the only message that matters for life, friends. All of life matters because of this message. Life with Jesus is what this whole thing is all about. Life and his kingdom. That's the great hope we have in the, of, with the, that's the great hope of the Christian faith. God's kingdom in the person and work of Jesus, the Messiah, He was the word of God that became flesh. He has all authority on heaven and on earth. There is no other name by which men can be saved. God is pleased with Jesus. Jesus is the perfect fulfillment of the law's demands. Jesus is our only acceptable sacrifice for sin. He is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. The kingdom of heaven is at hand because Jesus has come. Let us be faithful to share this message, friends. Let's keep reading in our text see how Jesus prepares us and what we are responsible for in God's kingdom on mission. Verse 5, then uh, these 12 Jesus sent out and instructing them, go nowhere among the Gentiles and enter no town of the Samaritans, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel and proclaim as you go saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Verse 8, heal the sick, 
raise the dead, cleanse lepers, cast out demons. You received without pain. Give without pay. Here we see the second responsibility that Jesus gives his disciples as he prepares them and sends them out on mission. Jesus' disciples have a responsibility to serve others in gospel ministry. Our message, the message of the gospel, is accompanied by the ministry of a good and gracious Savior. Jesus comes to meet our needs. When he speaks of the abundant life that he offers in the book of John, this is not just a metaphysical or philosophical statement. Jesus is concerned with the whole of our being. He meets us in our physical, our emotional, our spiritual needs, and he stands ready to minister to our broken lives in every way. Jesus gives his disciples the authority to cast out demons and to heal the sick, and he commands them to do so. The life of a disciple is marked by love for others and ministering to those who are hurting. Jesus meets us in the hardest situations in our lives, in disease, in spiritual torment, in loss, sickness, And he demonstrated his authority, he demonstrated his care, and he demonstrated his love for us by serving us. Mark 10, 45 tells us that Jesus came to serve, not to be served. The responsibility of a disciple of Jesus is to serve others, to, as Philippians 2, 3 tells us, to consider others above ourselves, to expect to be inconvenienced for the sake of others. Jesus invites his disciples in and prepared them by demonstrating love through serving others. He was moved and compelled by compassion. We talked about that last week. And again, we see this as a work that is empowered by Jesus. It is under his authority that the disciples are able to minister to the sick and the tormented. And this is so that even our good deeds, even our serving, as with the message, points to Jesus. Your good deeds and work of ministries of followers of Jesus should always and only point others to Jesus. Mark 5.16 tells us that as disciples of of Jesus, our responsibility to serve others through these good deeds is for the glory of God. It's not about what we can accomplish in our strength. It's not about how we can do things that make us feel good about ourselves. It's not about performing more good deeds than bad ones to to perform some kind of religious uh, activity. Healing sicknesses, casting out demons. It's about representing the Messiah in his kingdom to demonstrate his glory, to testify to his authority, and to show his love for people. It is important to take note here um, that one common commentator, uh, is that a noun? I don't know. Commentator? 
Is that a job description? Um, just sounds weird saying it, sorry. Uh, one com- commenter says uh, that this is a passage of sending people out on mission. This is a evangelism passage, and, and to that I say amen. But this is also a passage about discipleship. How we are to live and respond to a good and gracious Savior. Jesus has not left his disciples trying to figure out what Jesus would do. In fact, ours isn't really, our goal, our our mission is not to try and figure out what Jesus would do. Ours is to follow what Jesus said and did. That is what a disciple is. When we talk about how the gospel is transforming our hearts and our minds, when we hear God's word, it's not just an exercise in learning, but it's empowering us to go and be obedient. James chapter one talks about this. We learn and we do. That's what a disciple is. These men had been traveling with Jesus. They sat under his teaching. They had seen him heal the sick. They had seen him cast out the demons. And again, as with the message that Jesus preached, he has been preparing his disciples to live on mission, serving others in God's kingdom. He prepared them to serve as he himself did. Now, if you've been reading along in Matthew... Um, Jesus is working in his disciples' life so that in everything that they do, as Colossians 3 tells us, in word and in deed with gratefulness for what they have received, they do it for God's glory. I don't know if you caught that small little uh, phrase in our scripture today. He says, you received without pain, give without pay. Our service and our love for others is not conditional on anything we may receive. No, it's compelled by what we have already been given through Jesus. It's compelled by the great love that Jesus has for us. Jesus the Messiah meets us in our physical, our spiritual, our emotional, every need that we have. He stands ready to freely give of himself and to make us whole. He empowers his followers to minister in this same message. Through the message, the kingdom of heaven is at hand, and through the serving of others. We have the great honor and privilege of blessing others as we have been blessed. We have the joy of forgiving others as we have been forgiven. We have a, a mandate to deliver the message of hope and a responsibility to serve others in gospel ministry. Let's keep reading in our text. Verse nine. Acquire no gold or silver or copper for your belts, no bag for your journey or two tunics or sandals or a staff, for the laborer deserves his wages, his food. And whatever town or village you enter, find out who is worthy in it and stay there until you depart. As you enter the house, greet it. If the house is worthy, let your peace come upon it. But if it is not worthy, let your peace return to it. And if anyone will not receive you or listen to your words, shake off the dust from your feet when you leave that house or town. Truly I say to you, 
It will be more bearable on the day of judgment for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah than for that town. Jesus invites his disciples into him. He empowers them and he sends them out with the third and final responsibility we see in our text. As followers of Jesus, we are responsible to trust his provision for all of life. All of life in the kingdom of God is lived under the authority of Jesus the Messiah. Matthew ends his gospel by reminding us of this and reaffirming this when he says that all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to Jesus as Jesus is commissioning his disciples to go. What do you think of when you think of God's provision for your life? Have you ever taken time to just sit and meditate on what God has provided for you? As I was preparing, I realized too often I think very little of God's provision for my life. Um, I started thinking about the movies. I love going to the movies. I love going to the theater. I love, it doesn't matter what's I shouldn't say that. It doesn't matter what's playing, but I still enjoy the experience. I love when I go to the movies, I get the biggest tub of popcorn that I can get. And I've noticed, this is new. For some of you, this, it may have always been like this uh, if you're younger, but they started offering like popcorn condiments now at the, the, this little table off to the side. You guys know what I'm talking about? There's usually, it's awesome. Uh, <laughs> I love it. Um, I love going over there. There's usually like a spigot of, of some kind of buttery substance, I'm guessing, um, salt, pepper. And then they have these popcorn enhancers things. It's like this flavoring, I guess, if that's what we're calling it. They've got ranch, chocolate, uh, kettle corn, cheddar cheese. I'm like, yes, Let's put some of that on here. But as I was thinking about how I view God's provision in my life, I started thinking about those popcorn enhancers. <laughs> um, I think, I mean, it adds just a little extra enjoyment to the experience, you know? It, 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 it's a free gift that I never knew I needed <laughs> until they started offering it. And I responded, thank you. I, I mean, I, I get to manage what my popcorn will taste like. If I'm feeling like ranch, let's do ranch. If I'm adventurous and want to try chocolate popcorn, sure, let's do that. I get to decide. I get to manage it. But the other thing about that that's great is like I can make it as comfortable as I want because if you get too much, especially with the ranch, let me warn you, it can get bad quickly. So you've got to be careful. You can manage how much you put on your popcorn you don't have to rely on some 16-year-old kid behind the counter just like loading it up. No thanks, man. I just like a little enhancing. It's up to me. I also get frustrated when it's not there. If they don't offer it or if they're out, we're going to have a problem. Can I speak with the manager, please? I need some cheddar cheese. But... As I was thinking about God's provision, a lot of the ways that I treat that popcorn enhancer is how I treat God, just enough to make it convenient to me, 
just enough to make it a little bit more enjoyable, just enough to take my mind off things for a little while. I just kind of sprinkle them on at my convenience. Is God's provision in your life, for your life, just an enhancement? Or is it the source of your life? If someone were to ask you about your faith, what would you tell them? Where would you start? What has Jesus done for you? What has he provided for you? We call it the good news of Jesus, but why is it good news for you? Have you thought about Jesus' provision for your life? From beginning to end, Jesus is our only hope for life. These few verses here are an amazing reminder for us about the provision of Jesus, the Messiah, and God's kingdom. And what do I mean by that? In our passage, Jesus, in his power and authority, invites his disciples in. He provides everything, and he explains how their whole life will be provided for as they go. He provides them the authority to cast out demons and to heal sicknesses. He provides for them a message of hope to bring to people, to declare God's kingdom is at hand. He provided them a perspective and meaning and purpose for their life that we are to give as we have been given freely. He provides the power in which their deeds will be performed. He tells them he will provide for every need they may have as they go. He provides peace for those who will receive the kingdom of God. He provides blessing. He provides a promise of deliverance from God's judgment against sin. And he also provides a warning to those who would reject the message of the kingdom, he provides for them. Everything Jesus provides for life is everything we need for life. Jesus empowers and prepares his disciples through his provision in all of life. Every moment of our life is lived under the authority and power of Jesus. Every breath that is granted to us is a part of his provision. Every moment that we are given is been granted to us in grace by a good and loving Savior. And most importantly, he has provided himself for us The kingdom of heaven is at hand. This is a moment for us to consider our lives. To hear of God's blessing of peace. To hear his warning of judgment in our passage today. And to consider what we will offer God when we stand in judgment before him. Will it be the things that we bring to the table? Oh, look, God, I've done all these things. I did all these things. Oh, we look to Jesus as the only provision for our lives and salvation. This moment right now has been given to us to hear and to believe Jesus, to hear about our sin and our deserving judgment before God. 
Our sin is a rebellion against a holy God. Uh, We have become hostile towards God in our minds and we have chosen death and disobedience over life with him. Our sin has caused separation from God in his kingdom. So hear now and believe that your salvation from sin and death has been provided as a gift by Jesus, the Messiah, in love. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. This is the good news, friends. God's provision for your life is more than we can comprehend. And in this moment, he beckons you to believe. Believe that he is the Messiah with all authority. That he has provided for all that you need for that day of judgment. He has given us a promise of peace and hope. It is through God providing his son Jesus as a sacrifice once and for all for our sin that we have hope for eternal life and peace with God. When Jesus died on the cross and walked out of the tomb, God completed his work of transferring his people from a kingdom of darkness into a kingdom of light. The truth is, we have a deep and urgent need in our lives that has been caused by sin And this is the mission of God's kingdom. This is why Jesus came to deal with our problem. And he provides for us with abundant life in him. Do you believe this today? Do you trust Jesus and his full provision for your life and for your salvation? He has come in word, he has come in deed, and he stands ready to deliver on his promises. I urge you this morning, trust him. Trust your life to him. Join him in this work. He has been good to us. He has invited us in, friends. He has given us life. And he is sending us out to declare the good news that we have, that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Let's pray.